thank you. If you'd like to take a seat, just keep receiving from him. Even though I'm talking, just, you know, and God's doing something else in you, just ignore me and focus on God. Um, it's great to be with you. Um, this is the first time I've preached live for six months. It's very exciting. <laughs> I've been on Zoom. I've um, been filmed, but I've not been live, so it's very exciting to be here. Um, and I, I have to say, I, there's, I wish I'd learnt sign language. <laughs> Who else is with me? I wish I could communicate with my arms or something without my voice, um, because it's, it's weird worshipping without being able to sing, isn't it? But, you know, God's here, and it's about our heart, isn't it? And whether we're kind of stamping our feet or moving our arms to try and communicate what it is we're feeling, it doesn't matter because God loves it. And um, for those of you who don't know me, I probably ought to introduce myself. Um, I'm Steph. Um, I work here at Eastgate. I head up the children's ministry um, and I'm on the leadership team here at Eastgate. So it's just really lovely to see you all. I've seen some of you on Zooms. I've seen some of you. Um, I've spoken to some of you on the phone, but I haven't actually all touched any of you. So I'd love to give you all a hug, but I'm not allowed. So I will restrain myself. <laughs> so what I want to talk about is I want to bring you up to date with what I think God is doing. And I think as a church, what we're sensing um, that God is doing um, I think he's, like, the 1st of October, why the 1st of October, I don't know, but God knows. I feel that day was a season shift. And I think, as I've spoken to other church leaders, I think they felt the same too, that there was this season shift. And um, we actually had planned a prayer day, a call to prayer, um, to call Eastgate to come and pray on that day. And I don't think the three of us who were kind of putting it together... I don't think we realised how significant it was until we got to that day. And, um, and, and even since I've been reflecting on it afterwards, I've seen even more the significance of what that day brought and the season shift that God wanted to bring. Because, you know, it's um, like seasons are seasons, aren't they? They come and go like autumn, spring, summer, and we always kind of, oh, hooray, it's, it's spring. Hooray, it's summer if you're me. Um, and you love the sunshine. But God works in seasons as well. And his way of doing things, he just shows you, I'm doing this now. And we don't want to be in the past season if God is in a different season, do we? So it's really good to notice when he shifts seasons. Trish, can you put up my first slide? You see, I feel like God has shifted us from survival into revival. Okay, from survival into revival. And um, on this prayer day, um, we felt it was significant. And like I said, we didn't know how significant it was till we got there. And the three of us had planned these three Zoom sessions, one morning, one lunch, and one evening. But we had called everybody to pray during that day. And the three of us who were doing the Zoom sessions, I think that um, we hadn't, we'd kind of prepared, but we wanted to leave it open to God. And until we kind of got into it and was like, oh, my goodness, that's what God was saying then. Oh, and that's what God is saying then. Oh, we didn't really 
see it. And that's what's so exciting. When God takes you on that adventure of saying, see what I'm doing now. And he lets you partner with him. And it's really, really exciting. And what we realized at the end of that day was that he was saying three things to us. The first one he was saying was, wake up. And then he was saying, come alive. And then he said, get ready. He said, wake up, come alive, and get ready. Wake up, says God. And I feel like we felt like God was saying, as to us as individuals, wake up. He was telling us to tell our spirits, our souls, to wake up to the momentum that he's releasing, to the move of the spirit that he's got for us. He's also calling us to wake up our communities, to wake them up to what he's got for them and what he's releasing to them. And he's calling individuals within those communities to wake up. He's calling our church to wake up as a whole. So as individuals, we're to wake up, but as a whole, we're to wake up. We're to wake up to what God is doing. God wants us to wake up. So I want to say to you today, wake up. Wake up. Okay, just speak to your spirit right now. If you want to, if you don't want to wake up, then that's fine too. But I want to encourage you to just command your spirit to wake up to God. It's really easy. You just say, spirit, wake up. Spirit, wake up. Heart, wake up. And then I want you to just look out to the community that's around us. I know we've got a rainbow there. But we've got a community around us. And you've got a community around you. So would you hold your hands out to the community around us here? and then, But also think about the community where you live. And just, without shouting, because we're not allowed to, but you can speak, say, wake up. Just take all authority that God has given you and say, wake up. Ready? One, two, three. Wake up. Wake up. God wants us to wake up to him. Next, he says, come alive. And I love what Irene said this morning, if you heard the service this morning. Basically, I'm saying exactly the same thing. She said it much better. Um, So listen to her and just endure me, okay? (laughs) No, I don't mean that. I I know I'm as good. We're dovetailing, and I love it when God does that. But God um, God said through Irene this morning, you were born for this. You were born for such a time as this. Okay, so come alive to the promises, to what God has said about you. That's what we felt God was saying on that day as well. He was saying, come alive to the promises. And he took us to Ezekiel 37. And if you know your Old Testament, you'll know that's the valley of dry bones. And in that, in that passage, it talks about prophesying to the dry bones to come alive. And we felt like those dry bones were like the promises of God. The things that God has spoken about us individually and corporately. The things that God has said. And he said to us, prophesy over your promises 
to come alive. And that's what happens in that, in that prophetic word in Ezekiel. As, they prophesy over, as he prophesies over the dry bones, flesh and tendons comes on them. Read Ezekiel 37 for yourself and then prophesy over your promises. You see, all the way through lockdown, God has been saying, I'm the same. I am faithful. I am the same. I haven't changed. My promises are still yes and amen. And the trouble is, the danger is that we let our circumstances dictate and allow our promises, who we are, what God said about us, what our destiny is, what we're meant to do to become like dry bones. And God is saying, breathe life into your promises once again. Speak and prophesy life over them once again. I haven't for- He's saying, I haven't forgotten what I've spoken about you. I haven't, pro- I haven't forgotten the promise that I made to you, the specific promises that he's made to you, and those general ones that we find in his word. He hasn't forgotten, and he's not forgotten. And those promises, you were born for such a time as this. So those promises that can happen now, you don't leave them and wait until lockdown and COVID and all of that stuff is over with. Uh-uh. Now. Those things can happen now. So just for a moment, think of one thing God has said to you. One promise he's made to you. Okay, imagine it's written on the floor in front of you. And now speak life over that promise. Command it to come to life. Prophesy life over it, just like it does in Ezekiel. It says in Ezekiel, see it come alive. I can always imagine these promises getting up and dancing. (laughs) You see, he is faithful and he has not forgotten the promises that he made to us. He said, wake up. He said, come alive. And he said, get ready. Get ready. And what we saw was this door opening. In the, in the kind of spirit realm, we saw a door opening to a new season. A fresh fire for the harvest. A land that's ready to flourish. And he is pouring out his resources, salvations, and acceleration. So get ready. Do you know, interestingly, on that evening, on that 1st of October, there was a harvest moon. Now, I don't understand how, you know, all signs and prophetic signs and things, but that was significant and that was important. And the person who wrote that on our Facebook feed hadn't even been in our prayer meeting, our Zoom meeting. She said, you know, there's a harvest moon that tonight. And earlier in the day when we had been um, praying over our promises and, and, and declaring come alive, there'd been rainbows in the sky. You see, God wants us to notice the new season that he's releasing to us. There's a harvest. There's a harvest. And when we asked God what he was releasing for this harvest, he said logistics, wisdom, unity, and coordination. And he said he is the God of revival. So will you declare with me, it's a time for revival. Get ready, world. It's time for revival. Get ready, world. So what next? 
what next? There's a door open to this new season. We can just stay there, can't we? We can go, oh, lovely God, you've opened a door to a new season. Or we can step through it. We can leave behind survival mode. We can leave behind the season of survival. And we can step in to revival. Step into revival. Do you want to do that? Up your stand then. If you want to do that, imagine spiritually there's a door open. And right now you're leaving behind survival. And you are stepping in to revival. Ready? Steady. Go. Yeah, God, we just choose revival. We just choose to be in the season that you're in. We choose to be, yeah, part of your revival plan and picture. We choose to release revival to our land, our nation, our communities. And we thank you, God, that this is going to be an exciting adventure. We thank you. We choose to partner with you in that. Amen. Okay, if you want to sit down. So what does it mean to step into revival? What does it mean to be stepping into this season? Well, what it means is get up and shine. And God has been teaching me through some key verses in, in Isaiah, which is what we're in, a, we're in as a church, um, that are like prophetic statements of what that means for us and why. And what it does, what I felt as I was sort of looking at it was it kind of builds up a picture and we won't get the picture at the, in the first statement, but we'll get there because it builds up a picture of what God is saying, what we're to do now we're in this new season of revival. Get up and shine. So first of all, know God's plan. Can you go back one? That's it. First of all, know God's plan. So before we move into Isaiah, I want to go into Matthew chapter 6, verse 10 where it says, where Jesus teaches us how to pray. And it says this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We know that from our Sunday school teaching, if we went to Sunday school. We know that from our primary school or maybe if our secondary school assemblies. But do we know it? Have we looked at what this says? This is a prayer of revival. This is the heart of God's intention to bring the reality of his world into our world. It was the assignment of Jesus first, to the, and then to those who followed him, and then to us. And in it, it says, I want you to bring heaven to earth. I want you to change earth. So I want you to bring so much heaven that it changes the culture of earth. That's our assignment. That's God's plan, to use you and me, his followers, his friends, his people, to be so aware of heaven, to be so full of heaven, to be so tuned in to what God is doing, that we change the culture around us to be the culture of heaven. That's exciting. It calls us to live in such a way that we're more aware of heaven's reality than earth's reality. 
And it calls us to live in such a way that we actually bring that reality to earth so that it impacts and changes it. This isn't just words, though. This is a practical prayer. He doesn't want us just to say it like we I used to parrot fashion say it in the Lord's Prayer when I was a child, but I didn't really know what it was I was praying. He wants us to pray it and obey it. He wants us to pray and get up and do it because it asks us to implement his values and his presence and his way of thinking and doing things into everything that we do. In the way that we do business, if we've got a business, the way that we run our families, into our personal health, into our friendships, into our relationships with people, into our church, into the way that we care for the environment, into everything that we do. And you will have a 301 other things that you do. He wants you to bring heaven's culture into that. Why? Why does he want to do that? Because he wants disciples of everyone, of every individual, of whole nations. You see, he's told us to make disciples, that's individuals, but he's also said make disciples of whole nations. You see, he loves the one. And he loves it when we stop for the one. And that is a calling over our life, to be aware of the one, to take them on a journey, to treat them with love and compassion and care and tell them the gospel, yes. But he also wants whole communities and whole nations that are following him and are living his way. He wants to use us to transform cities, communities, whole nations. How amazing would it be if the UK was known by our heavenly values, by how everyone lives by those values and not by the kind of mess up that we often make. You see, he wants to change individuals' lives, but those individuals change communities. Those communities change cities. Those cities change a nation. And God's calling each one of us in how we do life, family, business, work, education, everything, to bring that transformation, to bring heaven to earth. That's revival, that's transformation. You see, God isn't nervous about COVID. It makes us nervous, but it doesn't make him nervous because he knows what he's going to do in this time with us, through us. His intention is that in this time, for such a time as this, he brought you and me to this place so that we could bring transformation and healing and life, and hope, and freedom, and that we would bring heaven to earth every day in everything that we do so that we can make disciples of those around us and of the whole nation. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said it. 
and he wouldn't have put you here right now. That's exciting, isn't it? And once we know God's plan, that it is that his kingdom will come and his will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Once we know God's plan, then we need to know how to live. Trish, can you turn to the next one? Know how to live. And here we move to Isaiah 64. Because God's plan is on earth as it is in heaven to make disciples of all nations. And then we get the next picture. Isaiah 61 verse 4. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down and that the mountains would tremble before you. This is a prophetic cry from heaven. And that rend literally means violently split or tear apart and come down. That's the cry from God's people to God. Are you that passionate in asking God to, to release and to bring freedom and to bring hope? And it's that picture of the rending of the heavens. We also see fulfilled in Mark chapter 1 when Jesus is baptised. And heaven opens and heaven falls on Jesus. Rend the heaven, you would come down. And it falls on Jesus. And then we see the same word used in Matthew 27 when um, the rocks split open at the de- around Jerusalem at the death of Jesus. And then we see the same word again when the curtain is torn in the temple as Jesus dies. That rending, heaven opening. You see, what is God doing? He's literally, in Jesus' death and and when Jesus came to earth, he literally ripped open heaven and Holy Spirit was released on Jesus to do God's will as as fully human. And in his baptism, we see him living fully, full of Holy Spirit, under an open heaven. In his death, we see all of heaven's resources fully available to you and me. We now can live under an open heaven full of Holy Spirit, the same as Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that we are God like Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is Jesus shows us what it's like to be fully human, full of the Holy Spirit, and what what can happen. You see, he demonstrates to us and illustrates to us that heaven has come down and has been poured out over us, and we have all the resources of heaven available to us and the same power that Jesus has is available to us. So we are full of Holy Spirit and we need to be fully aware of the the authority that we have in us. And we also have that authority to do what Jesus did, to heal the sick, to drive out demons, to set people free, to preach the gospel. We have that same authority. We can bring transformation We can bring freedom. We can bring hope. We can bring life. We can do it too. Just follow Jesus' example. Do what you saw him doing. 
He transformed a culture, a nation. He changed the expectation of people. He brought heaven to earth. He healed everyone he came into contact with and who, who were brought to him. So we can too. If we live aware of the fellowship that we have with God, that we lived, if we live aware that we live under an open heaven, heaven is open to you. He has opened heaven. Are we that passionate to say, come down God and fill me up afresh? Fill me afresh right now. I want to do what I see you doing. I don't want to be less uh, less than what you've called me to be because I'm scared or anxious or I don't think I can do it. I want to be f- living fully in the presence of God. Stopping for the one and saying, God, give me ideas to change a community. You live under an open heaven because Jesus has opened it for you. You live under an open heaven and you are full of Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that lived in Jesus lives in you and me. As in our children's work, we say there's no junior Holy Spirit. Kids don't have a less than Holy Spirit than adults. And you don't have a less than Holy Spirit in you. You are full of Holy Spirit. You are full of Holy Spirit, but there's more. Know who you are. So we move back in Isaiah to Isaiah 61 verse 1. Where it says this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, To proclaim freedom for the captives. And release from darkness for the prisoners. So we've got to those passages we've been looking at on Sunday mornings. And this is just an amazing prophetic statement which adds to our picture. Rend open the heavens. And then we hear this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. And again, we see, we know that it's fulfilled in Jesus first, isn't it? Jesus quotes it in Luke chapter 4, full of the power of the Spirit, right at the beginning of his ministry, before he's done anything. He stands up in the synagogue and declares, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me. See, what Jesus was making was a declaration of faith. Holy Spirit is upon me for this reason, to bring healing and deliverance. Know who you are. You bring healing and deliverance. You see, but the prophecy doesn't stop after it says to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. If you look further on in Isaiah 61 in verse 4, it says this, They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Who are the they? Who are the they? They are the broken ones that are in the last the verses before it. They're the broken ones who are now restored and free. And what are they doing? They're rebuilding and renewing. 
You see, Jesus is declaring that the purpose of the Spirit coming on him first was so that he would heal broken lives. And then those broken lives, you and me, would be healed and heal broken lives. And then those people healed will heal broken lives and renew. Do you see what happens? Everyone has a part to play. Every broken situation is redeemed, just like he was releasing earlier. Everyone is healed. Everyone is set free. And that's what we're learning here at Eastgate. As we get saved and healed and delivered and set free, so we can do the same for other people. And the purpose of your anointing, of your gifting, of you being full of Holy Spirit, is so that you can be healed and heal broken lives. That might be through restructuring communities that are broken, or bringing physical and emotional healing, or bringing solutions for mental torment, for bringing hope to families, bringing food and life to those who are homeless, finding homes for people, finding solutions in education or business or restoring families. There are a million different ways that you can heal and set people free. But that's what your anointing is for, to heal and set people free. And I feel like God is releasing new ideas to us right now, where we've got, oh yeah, I'm doing this and it's all very lovely. You know, that kind of rut that we get in and it's all really good and really kind of easy in our work life, in our, in our, in our lives. God is saying, I've got adventures for you. I'm going to give you new solutions and find new ways. And it's so exciting because when God's on something, he makes sure he's, he makes sure he's really on it. So I just release new ideas to you, surprising new ideas for you, for your business, for your job, for your family, where you thought it was stuck in some way. Jesus, I thank you that you have got new solutions and new ideas. And I feel like for some of you, you need to go away and be with God. You need to kind of, I don't know, take an hour or a day even and go somewhere that's completely separate from your normal life and just sit with God with a blank piece of paper and a pen or, I don't know, whatever it is you think, however it is you write stuff down, if it's a recording device so that you can kind of record and just say, God, show me, show me. And he is going to reveal to you new ideas, new ways of doing things, new strategies, new thinking. Because he has anointed you. He has gifted you. The the spirit of the Lord is upon you. And he has got jobs for you to do. He has got a role for you to do. He does want to heal and set free a world through you. And what God's called me to do is different to what God's called you to do. Because all of us together, like if you look around the room right now, like Joe was saying, look at people. Like every one of us 
has the potential to transform a nation. I'm not even just going to say a few people or a, sorry, a community. I'm going to say a whole nation. Look at all the nations of the world we could reach. You know, I was um, on a Zoom with the kids this afternoon. And um, we, were, we were praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth is, is in heaven. And one of the things we were doing was kind of high fives. And we were praying for five people each, that we, five friends, that we wanted to um, come to know Jesus. And I just suddenly, as I was, they were just declaring their five names of people they wanted to come to know Jesus, I realized that just in that Zoom, in those few seconds, we'd prayed for 45 people. It doesn't take long, does it, to pray for people to come to know Jesus. And we can impact so many people. We can impact so many people. That's what God has for us. Bill Johnson says this. If he hopes for it, we have to hope for it. If he plans for it, we have to position ourselves for it. You see, God's plan is going to be achieved. He is going to rebuild and restructure life in communities, in our communities. God's going to do it. We've just got to position ourselves for it so we get to be part of it. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on the adventure, on the excitement of seeing, being part of what God wants to do. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss revival. I don't want to miss this season. We're anointed for this. We're anointed for this. So finally, get up and shine. Get up and shine. We had wake up, come alive, get ready. Now get up and shine. Isaiah 60, verses 1 to 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you. His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. This is what he's got us ready for. This is what he's equipped us and anointed us for because his promise is that world leaders and communities are coming to us. That what we have and who we are is so attractive to them that these people are going to come to us. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, what he's highlighting here is the come of the gospel. We're familiar with the go, aren't we? Go and tell the whole world. Go to all nations. Go and tell people the good news about Jesus. And I love that, and I'm not ignoring that, and I'm not saying that is secondary, and this is more important. I'm really not saying that. The Bible definitely says go. But here he's saying they're going to come. They're going to come to us. People are going to start to come to you and me as we get up and shine and reflect the glory of God. People are going to come to you. And it's, a, it's an attraction which cannot be escaped. 
We as Christians should have an attraction about the way that we live, about how we think, about the breakthroughs that we've had, about the depth of a relationship and life skills that we've got. Those things should be attractive to other people. They should be so brilliant, they should reflect the glory of God. So that when our neighbour is having a really tricky time with their teenage son or daughter, they know, my next door neighbour has a really good relationship with their son or daughter. I'm going to go and ask them what they do and how they do it. We should be attracting the influence of government and government officials. We should be so attractive that people in our street know where to come when they're in need. I don't think I've got hold of that yet, and I'm just praying for God to do that for me. I would hate to know I live in a block of flats, and I would hate to think that someone in my block of flats was so depressed that they were thinking about committing suicide and they didn't know where to turn and they didn't have anyone to talk to and that they didn't come and talk to me. And I want to put that right now. And I confess that I haven't done that very well. Or that the people next door to me don't have enough food and I didn't do something about it. Does that grieve you? Because it grieves me. You see, we should be so attractive. That's what it says here. We should be getting up and shining. And the solutions and the things that you've got are attractive. And people are going to start coming to you to find out the solution that they need for their work, for their business, or for, for um, how to do something, how to talk to somebody. how to work in a team, how to do something. You see, we should be that attractive. And we, God says we are that attractive, we just don't know it. So he's calling us to get up and shine. We have the tools, we have the open heaven, we have the anointing, and so we have the solutions. We have the solution for COVID. Have any of you asked? I've got a little boy in one of my groups. Every week, he, I say, what do you want to pray for? The solution for COVID. Like, have I asked that? Have I asked God for the right solution for COVID? Or have I just gone, oh, well, it's happened. Oh, dear. That's coming under darkness, isn't it? When I should be arising and shining and saying, God, you've got the solution. You've got the right vaccine or whatever it is it's needed. I don't understand the science. Yeah? With this room, in, within this room, we have the capacity to find solutions for every welfare problem, every relationship issue, every healing miracle that's needed. Whether it's autism or dementia or cancer, we have the solution. We have everything we need to bring breakthrough for our community and our nation. And God, in this new season of revival, you're going to start to see yourself being positioned to bring breakthrough. Position, positioned in ways that you never expected or imagined. To be a blessing. To be a light that attracts people to come to us. And therefore to him. 
See, Jesus said, you are the light for the world. And then he tells us not to hide our light. He says, get up and shine. See, some people say, well, I need a specific word from God. I need God to tell me to do that. Well, I want to tell you now, there's your word. Get up and shine. Okay? It says it in Isaiah, if you're not sure, Isaiah 64. There we are. Get up and shine. You see, we have the privilege and opportunity to do this. He's putting us in the right place. You were born for such a time as this to rebuild the ruined cities, to be the builder and to create the structures so that people can live and discover that Father God loves them and that he's got a destiny for them and that nothing is impossible and that they in turn, in their healing, rebuild and renew and start to shine. So, church, I want to say this is the season that we're in. This is revival, and this is not next week or a few weeks' time. This is now. This is the door that's open to us. This is now. So don't get distracted by the difficulties, by the uncertainties, by the we don't know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. Revival. Okay, so we know that and this is our opportunity and this is what's open to us. With it comes complexities and challenges and opposition. Yes, but let's take the, the opportunity that God has for us and get up and shine. Yeah, let's do that. Shall we pray? Shall we pray? You might want to stand up and say yes to this. You might want to just, like, go, I'm in. God, I'm in. If this, is what, if this is what you're saying, then I'm in. If you want to do that, would you like to stand up? Jesus, we want to say yes. We want to say yes to your calling. And we want to say yes to the opportunity that you're putting before us. We want to say yes. We want to be people who get up and shine. Ho. So yes, Jesus, yes, yes, yes. And Jesus, I just ask you right now to commission each person here who is saying yes to you. Commission them. Thank you that you have already equipped them. Thank you that you have already anointed them because they are yours and they live under an open heaven. And Jesus, I thank you for the new ideas, the new adventures, the new uh, strategies that you're releasing to them. I thank you that they're just going to have dreams in the night this week, revealing new, new things, new ideas, new visions. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have made each one of us attractive shining with your glory. I thank you, Jesus, that you um, have made us people who are full of the glory of God and shine out with the glory of God. And I thank you that even this week, people are going to come to us. I'm going to say, how do I do this? And I thank you too that in this room are the people who are going to change nations. And change communities. 
and change families' lives forever. I thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, we say yes and amen. Yes and amen. Amen. Wow. Holy Spirit, I just pray for a fresh anointing on each one of us now. Wow, just receive his kind of filling up. Yeah. Thank you that you don't want us to go away feeling empty at all. Thank you that you are filling us up with your Holy Spirit.